welcome to Black Epics. This podcast is dedicated to putting a spotlight on successful Black product managers. Since this is episode number one, I thought we'd talk to the first Black product manager I've ever worked with, Cassandra Lewis. I had the pleasure of working with Cassandra at Living Social. She is an extremely talented PM, and whenever I saw artifacts she developed, they soon became the template of what I wanted my documents to look like. Whether it was a product metrics dashboard or design discovery process, it didn't matter the artifact because everything she developed was top-notch. Cassandra Lewis is currently a product leader at OpenTable, but prior to that role, she worked at Amazon, Microsoft, and Living Social. Cassandra's built products that billions of people have used on a daily basis. She's dropped so many gems in this interview, so let's jump in. Hello, folks. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Cassandra Lewis, who is currently a product leader of communications at OpenTable. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role? Sure. So like Cassandra Lewis, I'm currently a product manager uh, for communications at OpenTable. Uh, and what that means is uh, we own a lot of the transactional communications, so a lot of the email, SMS messages, and push notifications receive. Uh, as an affect of creating a reservation or taking some onboarding action like signing in or uh, updating your password, things like that. Um, And then we're also looking at new initiatives on how we can take the notion of a transactional uh, communication that's been something that's actioned by the user and and making that uh, more robust and more useful to the user, more interesting, and and ultimately lead the users to their next uh, restaurant or or favorite booking. So. What I've been working on. Very cool. And we'd love to spend some time digging into your current role a bit more, but first maybe we can step back even a little further and talk about how you got into product. And feel free to start uh, wherever you like in terms of uh, your, your story and getting into product. Sure. Um, so I'll kind of start at the beginning. Um, so I've always loved technology. Uh, as a child, I was the the kid that would hop on the computer at age four and kind of poke around. Uh, I guess the internet was uh, uh, supported by the Prodigy uh, service provider back then. And so, um, you know, just kind of searching things and learning things. Uh, so I was always that kid taking things apart. Um, so I always knew I was going to end up in a technical role. Um, and if I kind of think back to it, you know, my overall goal has always been, you know, if we were to talk about like a life vision or vision for career, um, to leverage technology to enrich the lives of others and, and really contribute to society. So um, I think there's a lot of things that can, uh, that technology can make better uh, for people's lives and for society. And so I've always had that interest and drive to, to go in and delve into that and, and see what, what can happen and, and what magic it can make. So, um, so out of high school, I went to study at University of Maryland and studied computer science uh, with a focus on human computer interaction. I always thought it was very interesting, um, not just how we build the software and the front and back end, but how that front end interacts with the actual person using it. So that user interface aspect and making sure that things are user friendly. Um, And that's both in software and in hardware. So um, it's always been a a bit of a fascination for me uh, in that regard. Um, And I guess coming straight out of college, uh, I remember a recruiter at Microsoft uh, kind of sat down and interviewing some of the different students and uh, I remember he spoke with me and he, we kind of talked about, you know, what I was looking for post-graduation 
And one of the big things is, you know, I love coding, but it wasn't a thing that I wanted to do permanently as a permanent fixture. Um, and so uh, he introduced me to the role of a program manager, um, which is, I guess Microsoft has a kind of different terminology for the product management role. And so uh, at Microsoft, they call it program manager. And uh, I thought it was fascinating. It aligned with human computer interaction. It had the technology aspect. Uh, I was working with engineering building software. Um, and so uh, that year I interned uh, with the Microsoft office uh, and we worked on some uh, sharing functionality in Office 2010, and I absolutely fell in love with the role. So, um, yeah, it was kind of love at first sight, as it were, uh, with the product management role. Very cool. And that's awesome how you were able to have such a, a clear life vision. I really love how you define that and definitely stayed true to that throughout your career. You've worked at a variety of different companies in, in product. And I'm curious to know, is there a favorite experience in product that you're most excited about? Um, let's see. I'd have to say one of my favorites um, was at Microsoft on the uh, Xbox One team. So I was part of the Xbox One launch um, and I was working with a team in London. And it was just, it's one of those teams where you just had like a great kind of cohesive uh, feeling with the team. Uh, we were so full of ideation and we're kind of bright eyed and looking to you know, build the best features. We worked on a feature called Upload and Upload Studio, uh, which allowed users to um, not just capture their uh, five, I think it was upwards of five minutes of gaming content, but then also add their own spin to it. So they could do picture in picture and they could uh, speak to it uh, and almost like a, a, a vlogger, you know, so I can show game content and I can also walk people through what I was doing and they can kind of see my reactions and I can add intros and outros and almost like a full editing suite uh, for your video game content. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. We definitely worked hard and we had our share of late nights, but I think for each late night, it felt like a group of people who really cared, who were really talented and, and really wanted to kind of, you know, build something that they could look back and say, yeah, I did that. And, and it was awesome. And, and it, was, it was, it was great. Yeah, definitely a great reaction too from folks who have played Xbox. I know my husband has spent many hours <laughs> playing Xbox. So <laughs> we love, we love the work that your team uh, developed for sure. And thinking about product, I'm curious to know, what do you like most about working in this field? Um, I'd have to say, I mean, there's a lot of things I love about being a product manager, but um, one of the biggest things I think um, would be just the scope of what you own. Um, it really does feel like you're the CEO of your particular feature area. So uh, it, it, they kind of say that, you know, the product manager is the CEO of the feature area, but you, you actually do get to feel that. Um, and you really uh, kind of jump into every aspect of it. So uh, there are times where I'm looking at designs or I'm looking at a, even a hard engineering uh, a problem with my engineers and kind of looking up APIs. And there are times where we're mapping out architecture or uh, what, you know, a, a API contract should look like. Um, and then there's just times where I'm just thinking about the user or uh, you know, doing competitive analysis. And I just, I love that scope because you have this full end-to-end -end vision of really what this feature would look like. And you have a lot of ownership over really driving that. Um, and I'd say if there's one other thing that I really, really love is um, seeing a feature go from an idea to actually an implementation that's launched and out on the streets. Um, I had a moment where 
I was sitting on a train and uh, I looked over and there was a lady using Kendall and I worked on the Kendall team and uh, there was a kid I think had an Xbox hat or something. I was like, oh yeah, I worked on the Xbox team and someone had a laptop and they were using Microsoft Word and I'm like, well, I worked on the office team. And it kind of hit me that, you know, my work has touched billions of people uh, and it's a good feeling to kind of know that uh, there's not many people in the world that haven't, you know, used a feature that I've touched and that, you know, I have contributed to uh, their experience in some way. And so that feels really, really good and always puts a smile on my face. That's definitely a magical moment to see all of those elements in the same time in the, the same space. You definitely deserve to, to go out and to eat a dinner and celebrate after a, a magical moment like that, for sure. I'm curious to know on the flip side, especially for prospective PMs to kind of get a full perspective on the space. What do you like least about working in product? Hmm. Um, I'd probably have to say the absolute randomness. <laughs> and so it's, it's always hard. Like uh, when people are like, you know, what do you do? Some days it feels like everything. <laughs> and so um, there are times where you know, you find that you're you're just pulled in a lot of directions. You know, you have requests both from you know external partners, from uh, internal stakeholders, um, and you find yourself context switching a lot. So um, I will have somebody ask me about uh, some numbers or data that you know we were just we, I pulled and we were talking about earlier, and then someone will jump up and ask about a design, and then here comes an engineer uh, with a problem uh, around you know the APIs aren't uh, you know aligned, and, and what do we do? Uh, and so that can happen. Those three exchanges can happen within an hour. And so I think the context switching comes sometimes makes your head spin. Um, but I also think with that comes just the notion of, you know, it reminds you to take a moment and breathe a bit, uh, kind of outline what's important to you. Like, what do I need to accomplish and prioritize? Because um, if you allow it, you know, your day will be full of firefighting versus actually focusing on the customer, focusing on the product. So um, it's a good balance, but um, I would definitely say the randomness is the, the most challenging aspect of it. So true, so true. And I'm curious to know what you hope to do next career-wise, because you've had so many different experiences at amazing companies working on cool products. Where do you want to go next in terms of your maybe three to five year plan? Um, so I've always had this idea of, you know, starting something from the ground up. Uh, a lot of times as a product manager, you especially if you're working for like a medium to larger size company, then you're taking on a product that maybe is not, you know, built from the ground up. It's, it's not an idea phase. You're kind of adding to an existing product. Um, and even in some ways, if you're uh, building a new feature area or product area, it's still under the context of this, you know, company that you're working for. Um, and so I think one of the big challenges, and I think one of the hardest things um, uh, that it would be for me to do, which kind of excites me because that the difficult uh, problem to solve is just launching an initiative from absolutely nothing. So really starting with, you know, what is it that I want to build? Um, and, and it's kind of the what's and why's and how's, but you're starting with no infrastructure. And, and I think that it, it's both exciting and thrilling in that, you know, there is no precedent for you to have to kind of, you know, speak to or snap to, but that excitement is also can be a little bit of fear because, uh, you know, if you're launching a new startup or, or kind of a personal initiative, then it can be a little bit nerve wracking of, you know, um, I'm in this big wide world and I want to build this thing and there's so many unknowns, but I think that's kind of exciting and terrifying at the same time. Um, but yeah, definitely 
maybe launching my own personal initiative, something that aligns with my vision uh, that I outlined earlier about using tech to improve the lives of others. Um, and maybe something that, you know, helps bring the world uh, together a bit, making it a, feel a little bit smaller. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of bringing the world together and making it a little bit smaller, you actually made a big move <laughs> over to, to London, I believe. Are you yeah. still in London currently? Yeah, yeah, I moved to London in uh, January of 2018, uh, and really loving it over here. It's uh, it's, it's a it's a great environment. I think there's a really big uh, startup environment. Um, a lot of tech companies have a presence out here, so I think that part makes it fun. And then, of course, there's the international aspect. Um, I'm always of the mindset that you know, unless you put your international hat on, you're not building the absolute best product that you can build. And I, I get a lot of that here. There's a lot of people from a lot of different cultures, so uh, it makes for great conversations and and really kind of a good perspective on things. Very cool. And. As we're chatting a little bit about where you are today, also would love to share a little bit on what your current day is like in product. Um, well, so remember I mentioned that random part. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's kind of hard to even outline what a, a given day looks like, right? So um, it's definitely a mixed bag. Um, so I, I start every day uh, with writing out a list of my agenda. And mind you, it's almost an entire page. Uh, what I need to do, my to-do list. Um, but I do that because um, writing things down, you know, reinforces the memory that I actually need to do this. And I'll break those out into like a, here are the things that I absolutely must get done today. Here are things that are really important, but I can get done sometime this week. And then here are the things that I just don't want to forget that I one day want to delve into maybe this data or ask this person to show me how to do that or something like that. Um, and then of course, the set of conversations that I need to have. Um, there's always the things that come up really quickly is like, oh, I need to talk to her about that. And so I'll kind of outline that. Um, I think, you know, I kind of start with that list and uh, I probably tick off the things I need to do that day and probably nothing else. Um, but I mean, at any given moment, you know, I will be diving into customer data so I can be firing off SQL queries, um, looking for engagement uh, and usage metrics. Uh, to try to assess, you know, where we are with our features, uh, what our um, numbers look like, uh, how our customers, uh, what, the, what that customer behavior looks like, what the funnel looks like. Um, I could be outlining requirements, um, uh, just, you know, features that we're building, uh, giving the engineering team uh, what I like to call a bulletproof specification uh, that really helps them to understand what we're building. They cover the corner cases. What does the design look like? What happens in, in this situation, in that scenario? Um, so really work on stuff like that. Um, I could be just prioritizing new features or feature updates, and those could be incoming requests. They could be things that we wanted to build as a team. Um, as a PM, you're always struggling with that. I have this many resources and three times my resources worth of work that needs to be done. And so uh, trying to find that balance. Um, I can also be thinking about strategy and long-term vision. Um, where does my product uh, fit in the market? What competitive gaps do we have? Um, what are our value props? Uh, how are customers using the product? Uh, and are we going in the right path in general? Has something changed in the market or, or changed in the ether? Like COVID was a big curveball for everybody. Um, that actually impacts software. Uh, and so uh, I remember when COVID happened, we had a big uh, meeting and discussion and multiple brainstorming sessions about what can we do to help with the situation, uh, which kind of goes back to that vision of using technology to, to, to help make people's lives better. Um, and then finally, um, 
core to PM work is just managing your engineering teams, organizational stakeholders, um, and just making sure you're building the right features for the right customers. So um, at any given moment, I can be doing one or all of those things, um, which is part of that randomness, but then it also kind of makes your day go by faster because you're not um, bored, you know, doing the same monotonous thing over and over again. You're kind of uh, running around a bit, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that breadth of coverage of the PM day since it really can take a different shape depending on what's prioritized at that point in time and preparing for that, that breath that's needed as a PM. I'm curious to know if you have any advice for aspiring PMs about how to get ready for that. Um, I think there's probably a couple of things um, that I would call out. Um, one thing is probably a speech that people if they've worked with me have probably heard um, is that you are a brand. Um, and so I think, uh, one of the things that I, I always tell people is, you know, be a brand. So uh, I am Cassandra, but I'm not, you know, Cassandra Open Table or Microsoft employee. I am Cassandra as a brand. And so the work that I do, I always want to make sure it's polished because that's the brand that I'm putting out um, and the efforts that I'm putting in, the conversations that I'm having, uh, even down to the emails that I'm sending. Was that the best possible email I could send? Did I have the right information? Um, really kind of looking at those details and being a brand because what ends up happening is, you know, uh, I've gone from Microsoft, Amazon to Yahoo, to Living Social to, uh, you know, Open Table and, you know, multiple companies. Um, and I've worked with a lot of the same people. And so if you are a brand, uh, those people won't necessarily remember your company. They'll remember you and you'll remember that brand. And they'll say, you know, this person has polished work. This person takes pride in their work. This person uh, always has the, you know, documents, the bulletproof spec or this person when they communicate that they're communicating in a really clear, effective manner. And I think that's really important uh, because that's what, you know, helps to A, make great products and also make for a great uh, organizational environment. Um, the other things I would probably say is um, treat every feature that you work on as if you're running a bite-sized company and you're bootstrapping that company yourself. And that sounds a bit crazy, but when we go back to the notion of you being CEO of your own feature area, um, you really should, uh, you know, uh, own that. And what that means is, you know, think about the customers uh, that you would have if this were a bite-sized company, both internally and externally. Um, think about what they need from you, what you need to do to make that company a success. Uh, how would you measure that success? And what's the most important things you would need to focus on to make sure that you're doing your best with your proverbial bootstrapped budget? And so that budget includes, you know, my engineer and their time, uh, my, my developers, uh, my testers, my designers. Um, do I have them working on the right things? Uh, have these, you know, notion of scarce resources. And uh, if I think about this as, you know, hey, this is my money on the table. Uh, this you know, success of this product means food on my plate. Um, you make different decisions. And so we're often tasked with making these big decisions with scarce resources. But if you look at it from that lens of personal ownership, you're going to make a bit of a different decision. Um, and so I think definitely, you know, acting as though I'm the CEO of this business and it is uh, on me to make this business successful. In fact, you know, my livelihood depends on it. Um, you kind of look at it through a different lens and I think it's kind of a, a fun way to approach things. Um, the next thing I'd say is probably make it a team effort. So um, you have a lot of really smart people around you. Uh, 
in your team. You have engineers who are thinking on a very technical level. You have designers who are thinking on a creative level. You have your marketing teams. You have uh, your security teams. You have your legal teams. You have a lot of big brains. Um, and, you know, I always tell my team, if I'm the only person thinking and designing uh, this product, then this is going to fail because I think in Cassandra direction. And there's a thousand other people around me that can help to feed in and, and, and provide that perspective. So um, definitely leveraging the collective experience of your team. Um, have them poke holes, have them find areas of risk, uh, help refine ideas. Um, and you get that diversity of thought. And that I think is going to give birth to innovation. And I think it's going to make for a great product. Um, and then finally, um, I always tell people to focus on your destination. So when we talk about that randomness with product management, um, it is very easy to go off and be distracted by a thousand different things and never get your core set of things done. So like when I talked about that agenda, you have the things that I want to do today versus all the other stuff that's important, but not you know necessarily a top priority. And so um, your destination is to build a product uh, come up with the right success criteria. Um, and in some ways it is also to, you know, help be part of building that organization, uh, building out your team, whatever your destination of your goals are, keep those as main focus, um, because you will get distractions. And, uh, I call some distractions, useful noise because they help you to, you know, tease out your goals a little bit more. They help you to, uh, find a deeper level of focus on something or to, you know, call out risks and things like that, but know the difference between that and something that's just not useful. Um, and I'd say, you know, it, you never really would reach your destination. And I kind of tell people this all the time that you won't reach your destination if you stop for every dog that barks along the way. Um, and what that means is, you know, you're going to get a lot of noise and you have to be able to filter it out to the thing that's important. Everything else, you can hear it and you can kind of continue to step forward. Uh, so I, I think those would be my uh, biggest tips to, to any uh, upcoming PMs. Awesome. There are so many gems there. And I think I'm going to start using that quote about not stopping for every barking dog along the way. I love that one. It's a perfect analogy. And I'm, I'm also curious to know, do you have any favorite PM resources that you might share? Um, I think there's a, uh, well, so, uh, Rich Mirano, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, has a product bites blog and he has a lot of great articles, uh, on product management. Um, and he gives really interesting perspective. Um, I'm a big fan of perspective because like I said, you know, we think one way and somebody can kind of comes in and, and blows that apart and it really gives you food for thought and you start to broaden your perspective on things, which I think also makes for great products. Um, and also kind of makes you a great person as well. So um, he has really interesting perspective on some things that you do just about every day, honestly, especially as a product manager. Um, and I think there's one article in particular that was really, really fascinating to me uh, where he talked about using strategy to prioritize. Um, and so it, it really helped to give guidance on, you know, how do I balance business and technical goals, which is bread and butter of what ends up happening, right? You have a business goal, um, and you want to build features toward that, but we always have some level of tech debt or we have some bugs that we have to fix or we have a migration that we want to do so that we run faster in the future. And how do I balance all of that? And so he talks about that in an article um, that I thought was actually pretty useful. Um, yeah, I, I think definitely everyone should uh, at least give that a look and check it out. And one last question for you. Do you have a product that's out now and you're really enjoying the experience that maybe you could share? 
Um, so there's a, I think it's a startup. Uh, it's called Shift. Um, and they, it's really interesting. They streamline your workflow. So uh, it's one view that contains just about everything that you need, especially if your company is on a Google suite. So uh, my company is on the Google suite and we're using Slack and we're using Mixpanel and we're using Google Analytics and Figma and all of these different apps. And what can easily happen is your screen or your computer ends up with 45 views of the 18 things that you were working on. And then it becomes difficult to find that one Chrome tab that someone's referencing, you're kind of clicking through all of them. And what Shift does is put all of that into a single view where, you know, on the left-hand side, I can see, you know, here's everything related to my uh, Google suite where I can see my email and my calendar. So if I click on that button, then all of that surfaces and then I can dig deeper or everything related to Slack and I have all of that in one view. Um, and then the same with, you know, Mixpanel and Figma, all of these are kind of uh, apps that you can um, install and, and kind of authenticate into. And they're all in the same view, even down to WhatsApp. So uh, I've been using it for about six months now and I, it's, it's absolutely been like a productivity boon for me. So uh, definitely worth checking out. Nice. I'm going to look into that one after this call, actually. <laughs> Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, that's about rounding up today's conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Uh, are there any other last things you'd love to share with folks who may be listening in? Um, I would just say that uh, I think being a product manager uh, for me uh, has been one of the best career moves I've made. Um, I genuinely would say that I absolutely love my job and I absolutely love what I do, even on the difficult days. Um, and I think it's one of those uh, careers where uh, you really do contribute to every aspect of what you're building. And it, you go home sometimes exhausted, but you feel really good about what you've done. Um, and there's nothing like, like I mentioned, you know, going out into the world and seeing people using your products. It's probably one of the uh, most endearing parts of being a product manager. So. Uh, for anybody that's thinking about joining, you know, the league of, of product management, absolutely go for it. Um, I, I don't think you'll make a bad decision there. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and those are perfect words to close out with. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat today, Cassandra, and just wishing you much continued success. I'm excited to see that company that you build in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much. That wraps up our first episode of Black Epics. Thanks for checking it out. Please make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Black Epics. We'd love to hear from you. I want to know what you thought about this episode and any topics you want me to cover in future episodes. All right. That's all, folks. Take care, y'all.